morning skate. All right, guys, welcome back to another episode of the morning skate. This is podcast episode 140. Yes, we've done 140. Uh, you got Ked here, your host. I'm here with a bunch of new people that you guys know, but probably haven't heard their voice yet. Okay, so actually, just just start introducing yourselves. I'm not. I'm not just gonna do this. So, who wants to be the alpha here? I'll go first. Oh, <laughs> damn. <laughs> Wales, you go. You go. You've been here longer than me. No, no, no. All right, all right. I'll start off. Well, quickly, Wales. I, I'm Wales. I've been uh, on the podcast, I think, before, once or twice filling in. No big deal. Uh, diehard Ranger fan with Ked. So, uh, can't wait to do these awards. Hey, wait, Wales. Next. All right. Uh, this is Disco, uh, Caps blogger. Been a Washington Capitals fan for, like, 15 years now. Stanley Cup champs two years ago. No big deal. Uh, live in Scottsdale, Arizona with the babes. It's awesome for the boys. I think Disco's got this electric factor that I, I think that we need to tune in on a little bit more that we could have done better in the past. But Disco, awesome. Who's up? Who's next? What's going on, boys? Uh, Hank here, uh, repping the Philadelphia Flyers. Uh, grew up in the Philly area. Uh, now uh, working in New York and uh, being a Flyers fan, enemy territory. It's rough, but we're doing it. Big year for the Flyers. Really sucks that the season ended. Yeah, I'm not happy about it. All right, and then last but not least, here we go. Take it home. I'm, I'm Kevin. Go by Puckraker on the blog. Uh, big Islanders fan. Also enemy territory, but uh, we're up and coming. I'm down in New Orleans right now. They have no idea, like, this would be another language if we played it to any of my neighbors. So uh, it's pretty weird being out here. Look at look at us. We're just from all over the globe. Also, like that we have a place for Mardi Gras. Never been to New Orleans. Would love to. Go. Wait, is it New Orleans or New Orleans? That was like New, or- New Orleans is big. New Orleans, New Orleans is a no no. Don't do that. <laughs> okay. Yeah, we have like a small town next to us called Corinth, and some people call it Corinth, and that's like a huge uh, conspiracy going on in the <laughs> upstate New York area. But Hal and Dale are also here. What's up, fellas? How are you guys doing? Fucking feeling great, dude. Beautiful weekend here. Find me in the corners, the analytics, as always. Yeah, it looks like you got a haircut. Dude, I – yeah, I don't know. My <laughs> brother and mom. Dude, it looks good, buddy. At some points. I just got – my face is all red. I was outside like 13 hours today. It was the nicest day of the year so far. Uh, so and Hal. What's up, dude? I don't have, I don't have much. Seven-man podcast is like – Unreal. I'm pretty excited to see how this goes. Also, I just noticed, so I'm a Bruins fan. Bruins, Rangers, Capitals, Flyers, Islanders, arguably the most obnoxious American fan. Like, that takes it out there. Uh, I think that's a good combo of fan bases, right? Like, yeah. do, a lot of people in your division, like, working in symphony, symphony like. It's a beautiful thing sometimes. It's a lot, Synergy, it's a lot boys. Like, a lot like we have some guys playing from minnesota and, and boston, boston university that's a, that's a miracle shout out if you're uh, a loser <laughs> didn't get that but this is a special uh, podcast because we're doing our nhl awards we're just assuming that the season's over because we're depressed and we're kind of in that in that mindset so season's over we're doing our awards we have a couple of other morning skate awards to announce um that i think i just realized that we haven't voted on but we'll figure that out when we get to that point and we also have a couple other real quick stories. I know that Wales had one, and I know that Hal had one. So, Wales, what, what was up? Well, the NHL draft, is. I hope that's what you're referring to. Yes. Uh, so, basically, reports are out now that 
in the next two days, the next 48 hours, we're going to find out whether or not there's going to be a draft in June. And I would imagine that's going to include what the deal is for the rest of the way in terms of finishing a regular season or where they're going to set the standings for the lottery, if there's even going to be a lottery. Because some people are even saying that they might just do a direct point per game uh, percentage, which would then you lock the Red Wings in for the first overall pick. But it's also it's it's a cra- it's I mean it's a crazy scenario. I mean GMs are going to be pissed. There's no easy way to do this uh, without finishing the regular season. If I think, in my opinion, if they're going to continue a regular season and go into playoffs, the only way that you have a June draft is if you do that point per game and you make that right now. I think that's the only way that that happens because if it doesn't, ha- I just don't understand how they can announce a draft in June thinking that they still have regular season games to be played. They, they also reported saying that the teams that make a trade during this draft could also like renege on the, on the, uh, on the, on the trade. Like they have, they'll have like two weeks to make that decision on whether or not what to do. So I, I don't know how they're going to do this. I don't know how you're going to trade picks and stuff like that. Uh, free agency has not been addressed yet. So this is going to be a total dumpster fire, but I'm definitely looking forward to it because it's been the most exciting thing in the hockey world in a while. It will, it will be nice to get some new hockey-related news. Fellas, what, what else do you guys think of this? What do you guys think about this? I mean, I just think there's too many moving pieces. Uh, like, I mean, we were talking a little bit before we started recording, like conditional draft picks, uh, like how the hell are they <laughs> going to figure that out? Um, that's just one scenario. Um I mean, the only way that they could really pull this off, have a June draft, I mean, it's what, May 3rd right now. You'd almost have to kind of start the pl- or start the regular season almost like now. Right, to even, yeah. To even, like, get close to getting a decent uh, draft order set up. So I don't really think it's possible to put together a June draft and make it be fair. No, I think you nailed that. Anybody, anybody else? I would. I mean, it would be kind of nice to look forward to June draft, though. Like June's not that far away, and that would give us something to like get super stoked about. Well, you saw how much content cool. the NFL draft got. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. The only thing that like I'm worried about is if the NHL did it right and they like and they fucking marketed the shit out of it and they had it going like the NFL draft for every single pick. I just feel like it's going to be on, like, NHL Network only. Like, we're going to get, like, the TSN feed of the first round, and then we're going to get dick. And I'm just going to be on Twitter looking up highlights of, like, Swedish kids I've never heard of before. <laughs> it'd, be, like, I would, it'd be funny if we could send Pierre Maguire into as many homes as possible since <laughs> he got drafted. Yeah. They wouldn't let him in. <laughs> could you imagine, like, first pick Alexis Lafreniere, and he's, like, so pumped about it, and Pierre's just behind him, just, like, breathing softly into his ear. <laughs> Well, I mean, like, what, what information could he get from them that he wouldn't already know? These, he knows what these kids ate for breakfast, like, 10 years ago. He knows everything. And, like, so many people hate Pierre, and I get it. You mean Regis? I, he's, yeah, he's just, he just loves the game of hockey. That's, like, why I can't fully hate the guy, because he probably loves hockey more than I do. And, like, that's my number one thing in life. So, like, I got to at least respect that. The Regis name, dude. That's outrageous. Like, yeah, he's, like, a little kid out there. What about this? Oh, oh here's, um, here's a good one. Sorry. Oh, sorry. I just if, – if, if Pierre Maguire was to be called Regis, who would be the most popular Regis? Would it be Regis Maguire or would it be Regis Philbin? Who do Regis you think Philbin, he, easy. You yeah, think so? Easy. Oh, absolutely. He's that recognizable? He was on, like, one show. Regis and Kathy Lee, man. That was yeah, like oh, that was yeah, pretty big. Show. I don't know. Yeah. Okay. All right, Kev, what were you saying? But uh, what, 
What about uh, doing like a competitive tournament for the lottery picks just because it's a crazy year and like you just bang out like a 1v8 bracket one weekend somewhere in somewhere crazy and uh, you make it you make it kind of fun and you experiment with like the the random tournament thing. I know they, they try to make that work. Can you imagine if it was like a, a three on three like tournament jamboree? type thing where that'd be sick it never happened but it'd be really cool i think the only people you would find that are not into that are the players themselves like all the fans would love it the owners would be like great money for us let's go everyone would love it except the players they'd be like what the fuck are we doing yeah. Dude, you they, hang a, whoever won would just hang a banner banner for that shit too <laughs> Dude, they should they should do all the teams that don't make the playoffs the bottom half of the league has to play in another tournament where you get if you win that you get the first overall pick I like that. I like that. Yeah. I think that's so cool. Right? And I think, too, like we were talking beforehand about how bad the Detroit Red Wings suck. But if it was like the bottom half of the league, like I still think they would have a chance to win the tournament. Like everyone's been off. Like they have a couple talented forwards. Like, theor- like theoretically, one of the worst teams in the league could easily win this tournament, I think. Bottom yeah, bottom. dude. Just like any tournament. If you, if you get in it, dude, you got a shot. <laughs> I mean, Especially I legitimately for can't name any forward on the Red Wings other than Larkin, Mantha, and Bertuzzi. So, I mean, I don't know about that, but Darren yeah, Helm's I mean, still I mean, around. I mean, hey, you guys still play hockey? Oh wow, yeah, he does. Darren <laughs> Helm, okay. Uh, Abdul Cater, he's kind of a dick. Uh, I forgot he existed, but you know, killed the pronunciation though. You want to know what? He's a kind of a he. I mean, he's a dick, but if he was on my team, I'd love him, dude. He like he he mixes it up. What happened to uh, – do you remember that kid who got drafted like two years ago as a Dina and he said he was going to earn it? He was going to prove he's gonna fill the net. Yeah, he hasn't filled the net yet. <laughs> Isn't still he still in Grand Rapids still? Yeah, he's kind of – I think he bounces up and down. Go figure. <laughs> he was supposed to be sick. He was supposed to be so good. I actually so think good. I looked at his numbers. I think they're actually just taking their time with him. And I think he actually is putting up pretty good numbers. I just think it's funny because I thought – by his comments, he would have been an 18 year old superstar. But dude, Phil Zadina is such a sick name, though. Like, that's such a goal scorer name. There's no way that he ends up being a boss. I think it'll be pretty good. Does anybody know if, like, the guys that they're signing now are allowed to play in the season if they continue it? Like the kid Hoglander for Vancouver. I don't know. I don't know that. And then there's this new KHL defenseman who's now a free agent that, yeah, that he, only, he only follows the New York Rangers on Instagram. So and here's here's where Hal's gonna be like such a Rangers fan, new free agent. They think they're gonna get him, and we probably are. What's his name? He's Finnish. He's, he's a le- he's a left uh, he's a left defenseman also. Which you add a lefty, oh, which we desperately need. Sorry, we kind of went off the rails there, but uh, okay. Hank Hank's got something. No, so uh, I'm pretty sure I saw that they can't play in this year. It, it'll go into effect next year. Um, Interesting. Okay. So the fly the Flyers just signed uh, a Swedish winger. I'm forgetting his first name, but he's Rasmus Sandin of the Toronto Maple Leafs' uh, younger brother. Uh, kid's supposed to be a stud winger, um, but I think I I'm almost positive I saw something that said like because of the way that the year is going, he can't play until next year. Okay. Well, well, there's your uh, your update. Um, it will it will be what what how? No, that was good. We actually got the answer. It's just a lot of times, like, if we didn't have seven people on here, like, we just wouldn't have solved that <laughs> equation. We just been like, all right, we'll figure it out. So it was good. <laughs> all right. So that was, that was Whale's thing. Hal, what was your thing? Yeah. Uh, I think it's funny because we literally probably didn't talk about the Red Wings at all this year, and we're about to talk about them a lot. 
Um, Chris Johnston, who I don't – he's a reporter – tweeted out if the draft lottery proposal outlined in tonight's NHL memo, beco- memo becomes reality, Detroit would be guaranteed number one and number two overall. Ottawa could do no worse than owning number three and four. And New Jersey, Buffalo, Montreal, and Chicago couldn't jump beyond two, three, four, and five. And down, so down goes Brown, who's a Toronto writer that I kind of like. He's like, I don't actually really like any Toronto fans, but I find his writing interesting. He tweeted, Detroit's a big market facing a tough rebuild that needs an elite forward in this draft has two. Under the old system, their odds of landing one were 35%. Under this proposal, it's 100%. That's convenient. I don't know. Do you guys think he's bringing up a good point that there's two really good forwards in this draft similar to last year and Detroit just got guaranteed one, basically? Who? So who are the two good forwards in Lafreniere and who's the other kid? <laughs> I have no idea. I hope someone well, knows. Well, no, I mean, it goes back. It goes, the German kid Stutzel or whatever is supposed to be good. It goes back and forth. Uh, I, thought, I, know I thought like that Quinton Byfield kid supposed yeah, to be nasty. Yeah. Byfield, but he's dropping. I don't know. It, Rangers goes, fans are so horny for that kid, dude. Every time uh, like anything happens, it's like, oh, Byfield, we're getting Byfield. Like, you, how many games of Quinn Byfields have you fucking watched in your life? <laughs> Riddle me that. Probably none. I could be completely wrong here. Isn't he a D-man? I think he's a forward. No, I think, no, no he's, I think a he's a center. He's a center, yeah. He was no, on the World right. Junior team. He didn't myself. get a lot of uh, reps, though. He was on Canada's World Junior team. He didn't play a lot. Gotcha. Did you say Byfield, Quentin Byfield? Yeah. I think he'll be a top five pick, I would think. But, again, like, I don't know because I don't claim to know a ton about these kids because I don't watch a lot of junior hockey like everybody. Yeah. I think there's a ton of hype behind Lafreniere. And, like, obviously – you don't know how true that is. He lit it up at World Juniors. Didn't I've he seen know? his highlights. His highlights are sick. What I what I don't get though is, so they're telling me that there's rumors that they're taking the top six from every division, and then then they're gonna fix it so that like Buffalo gets the draft, like basically in the top five. Like yeah, that, that, that it, it, it couldn't work that way. No, you have to pick absolutely. one way or the other. Which yeah. is why I think like you're gonna have to figure out what you're doing for the regular season if you're gonna have a draft in June. Yeah, I agree with that. It almost feels like if they have that draft, they're probably folding it in. Honestly, like, if they're going to do the June draft, like, they might as well go with the idea of trimming it to 68 games because everyone's played 68. Like, some teams have played, like, 69 or 70, but, like, every team's played 68 games. And there have been talks about trimming the season down to 68 games. Now, it's whether you take the first 68 or the last 68, that would have to be figured out. But that's still something that, like, is at least on the table to, like, make it fair and wrap it all up, and then you can do, like, a draft lottery. Yeah, that, that sounds the most fair, for sure. So, yeah, the fairest way I feel like would be the first 68 would make sense, the most sense. Unless you want to give me, like, another additional five games. Because if you were to do that, I think the Rangers would be sitting pretty. Again, they were only three points out. So give me five games, we'd probably battle back. My question for you guys, here's one. So if let's say they start do like they're gonna start having games. I personally don't think that fans are gonna be allowed to go to games for like the next like two years. I don't think it's it's not gonna be soon. And no. the moment we get sports back, it will there'll be sports, but they'll be without fans. So my question for you is how scared is the NHL's PR marketing department knowing that when these games occur, there's gonna be no sounds other than the players just ripping each ripping each other apart i think that'll be awesome you'll be able to hear all the chirps and everything for us, it's gonna be for, awesome for for, uh, for people yeah. like us who love hockey older like you know what i mean awesome for like eight-year-old johnny who's here and drew dowdy like 
or somebody's you know what i mean like that's not going to be good they're they're probably going to pump fan noise in that's you'd have to also remind me to edit that <laughs> all right <laughs> i think you just i think you just bleep it that'd be way funnier just bleep fuck <laughs> um well, like, well i mean if they, they got to get... be rattled they gotta be so rattled well, I mean, if the, I mean, hey, like NBC has been broadcasting the Stanley Cup final for however many years, and they still can't d- determine that hockey players will scream "fucking rights" whenever they're hoisting the cup. Like that right. hasn't gotten bleeped out in ever. No, so, yeah. no, that's a good point, and I don't think they're going to put crowd noise in because WWE is still wrestling right now, and yeah. they're just wrestling with nobody there, and it's the most awkward thing. Ever. I think it'd be, it'd be more awkward with yeah. the fake crowd noise. Yeah, I mean. It's it is so weird. Like the the WWE wrestling, it's just like these fucking people just beating the shit out of each other, like fake, obviously. And the announcers like trying to wild people up, and there's there's it's crickets. I think every team should designate one fan that gets to go. So like even the Flyers, imagine could you imagine if like Gritty and Dancing Larry were just <laughs> in the stands and you could see them like just going nuts by themselves, like that? I feel like that would be wild. That dancing Larry, that would I don't. I volunteer as tribute, probably. <laughs> I'll, I'll I'll risk the coronavirus to be the Flyers' only fan. Just get one. Fan. I, oh man, that was another thing. Like if the NHL was smart, maybe they only do like one fan per franchise and just make a make it a charity thing. thing. People yeah, would pay, people would pay a ton of money to do be that person. Dude, a hundred oh, yeah. bucks to enter. Dude, you know how many people would enter that? easy i don't know what i would do if i was a rangers fan dude like if i just got to go all the rangers games and like be boys with everybody with my little mask on dude that'd be morning skate material everywhere <laughs> sitting there like steven glansberg yeah you know how much money those those fans would get from sponsors yeah yeah <laughs> and, it, and they would it would be crystal clear like when you were heckling or if you yelled at someone <laughs> yeah. it would be crystal clear what you were saying Oh man, I would be just soiling Mark Stahl. Like, and that was the last game Jimmy was able to go to. <laughs> yeah, and it was the first game. <laughs> hey, who's the, who's the po- porn star that's a Caps fan? What the hell's her name? Mia Khalifa. Like, could you imagine her on the glass or something? Like, I, she's been on a bunch of glass. I know. Yeah. Uh, I'm a little of, alarmed of how quickly we all responded. We to all that. knew that. Yeah. Well, now that we brought up porn stars, I have a quick question. Do you guys remember when the Caps won and there was a girl that like flashed everybody? We ever yeah. find out who the fuck that was? I think someone said it was like an Instagram model or something. Oh. Or she might have been like a bartender in Vegas. Like, I, a, like a bottle service girl? I haven't seen a name. I haven't been able to follow her on Instagram. If you guys are listening and you know the answer to this, please let me know because this is like one of like the world's greatest mysteries. And you know what, dude? If, if it comes out that they really never did identify her, then I respect it more because she did it for love oh. of the game, not the clout. Like she yeah, what a, what, a, what a player, dude, you know? <laughs> she's probably so pissed that her name didn't blow up she's like really the internet couldn't find me <laughs> uh okay let's, let's move on from this i don't that's risky business uh let's just do our award show uh hank you came up with this correct yeah i did um i forget exactly how it kind of came to mind i was just scrolling through twitter and like i saw a tweet that was like kind of related to it and the idea just kind of sparked in my mind um and i thought like all right well we are all are all kind of hockey writers like let's act like the pro right the pro hockey writers association and send in all of our awards picks and uh we'll tally up the votes and see what we got um 
And uh, some of these awards were pretty predictable. Some of them were, uh, especially the Jack Adams. I think the Jack Adams award was the one that was the most like all over the place. Um, you don't want me to just uh, kind of get into it? Start, start with the heart? Uh, really quick. Have we ever done an award show before? No, nah, so this is funny because we've actually, this is like no. our fourth season. Every year we say we, we have. Do one. No, we, we have because Jacob and Oli won and they came on the podcast. Yeah, I was on it actually. We did do one. <laughs> okay, so we, we did one. All yeah, right, we, we did, did do one. one. All right. All right, yeah, Hank, now we can, yeah, let's do this thing. All right, so we're going to start off with the heart. Heart, heart trophy. All right, so starting off with the heart trophy with the, for the league MVP. Uh, third place, uh, we got Nathan McKinnon of the Colorado Avalanche. Uh, in second place, honestly not surprising here, we got Artemi Panarin of the New York Rangers. And then the winner by, not necessarily default, but pretty close, Leon Dreisaitl, Edmonton Oilers. Uh, let's hear everybody's thoughts. Can I go first? Absolutely. All right, so there's, there's really two of these that I have something to say in. This is one of them. I, I think out of all the awards that we went over, this one has the biggest asterisks on it. And I just say that because if the Rangers were able to make the playoffs, if we're talking about the most valuable player to like their team, there's not, there's not a more valuable player than that guy. And, and that's a, to me, I think without a doubt. So I think it depend it would depend on if the Rangers made the playoffs. They didn't. I'm very okay with dry side of winning. I actually love that because McDavid's like the face of the Oilers. And I don't think people realize how good, Leon Dreisaitl is like he is incredible like he's like a Ryan Getzlav 2.0 does everything everything the right way uh and Nathan McKinnon I mean what an, an elite athlete whenever we play NHL I think Hal and I played a game yesterday we made sure we were the abs so McKinnon could get some uh reps in uh all in all I'm good with it but asterisks just because it wasn't able to finish I totally agree with that um so in the 17-18 season, when uh, so the Flyers made the playoffs and got their shit kicked by the Penguins. So Claude Giroux had 102 points. I think the next guy on the team was like Sean Couturier, who had 71. Right. But like that, but that was because Sean Couturier centered the line with Giroux on the left wing in that in that season. Like the fact that Claude Giroux was only fourth for the Hart Trophy. Like he, yeah, like I get it. Taylor Hall carried the team to the playoffs. Fucking so did Claude Giroux, and he had a lot more points than him. And the Flyers were a better team. So I'm actually totally okay with that, uh, even as a Flyers fan. If the Rangers made the playoffs, you almost have to give it to Panarin. Here's but, a quick uh, question for you guys. If you could pick one player to be on your team, who would you want? Would you want Claude Giroux or Taylor Hall? Serious question. Gun, gun to the head. And Hank won't get pissed if you pick Taylor Hall. I'm picking Claude Giroux. Ten I'm times picking ten. Yeah, Claude Giroux. He can win faceoffs. He's great on the power play. And I'm picking Claude Giroux almost because of that one shift that he had when he told Laviolette he wanted to start, and he went out and he dummied Crosby and scored in the, in the first shift of the game. Like, that's a fucking leader. I was at that game, and that was still, to this day, hands down, the most electric atmosphere oh, yeah. at a Flyers game that's I'd ever strange. seen. What about you guys? Would you, would you rather have Giroux or Hall? I'm going Giroux, too. I'd probably go Giroux as well. I don't know. I played devil devil's advocate on Hall. He's been nowhere. Where has he been? Oilers, Devils, and Coyotes. Yeah, but so, I mean, this, but I mean, this he'd do better like, literally anywhere else. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, but kind of nailed it. But yeah. I don't know. How? What about you? Yeah, I think I think you just brought up a good point. I think I would say Giroux, but I think I think if the question if it was like both in their prime, like if it was Giroux in his prime compared to Hall, I would go Giroux all day. Uh, I think 
today. Like, Giroux's still an unbelievable hockey player, but maybe I would take Hall just for those years, possibly. You know what I mean? That's like, fair. more prime goals. So, that would be my only logic on that. I think I would still lean Giroux, though. Dude, I also love that picture of Giroux. I think he had surgery on both of his wrists, and he's out there playing beer pong with cats on both of his arms. Yeah. And, like, that's unreal. Maybe we can find that picture and put it up. What else did you guys have on the heart? Yeah, I got something, dude, because you said speak up if you have a problem. I know I'm going to come off as a Rangers hater right now. Of course. Here we go. I just don't see how Panarin's the second pick. I – I agree with what you're saying, Ken. If they made the playoffs, it's a different story. I'm voting on a season that already ended, and they're outside the playoffs. We don't Panarin, know that yet. We, we don't know that yet. Also, can well, you we imagine were... where the Rangers would be if they didn't have Artemi Panarin? They would be the Detroit Red Wings. I agree. Dude, Who just I agree. played Bewitched? What was that? <laughs> that was me. On accident. <laughs> Unreal. Uh-huh. No, dude, but I was just going to say, I like Panarin, 95.69 games. McKinnon, 93.69 games. I just think the big difference is like, and I agree, the Avalanche are a much more talented team, but the Avalanche were second in the West. And Landeskog and Rantanen missed a lot of time this year. Like, they were banged up, and they were a young team that he carried. Talented, but very young. Kind of similar to the Rangers. Who's so on Panarin's line? Panarin plays, plays with Jeff and Fox, dude. I know, dude, and I, I, I guess I understand that. I guess I, my argument is, like, does Panarin – I could be totally wrong. Does Panarin, like, PK heavy for you guys? No, absolutely not. You keep him away from the penalty kill. Dude, he's too valuable, bro. You put I'm just saying like it's, out there. I just think you're underestimating how much McKinnon means to the Avalanche, and I honestly think – and people, people don't agree with me. I do not think the Avalanche are a good team without Nathan McKinnon. I think he is – the, the thing is, though, Nathan McKinnon is, like, a top-two player in the world. Like, for sure, he's been that for the past probably three years. But at the end of the day, it's most valuable to the team. I do and he's think, playing with Landeskog and fucking Branton. I do think if you take those two players off each of their teams, the, the Avalanche would smoke the Rangers. Like, it wouldn't even be close. Yeah, but how, uh, how much has Nathan McKinnon elevated Gabriel Landeskog? Because up yeah. until – up until Nathan McKinnon really became that like consistent like ninety plus point guy in the league, like Landeskog wasn't exactly putting up insane numbers. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. He like he was averaging anywhere. He was kind of like in the 50, 60 point range. And then when McKinnon really kind of takes off, then Landy kind of gets higher up there in terms of numbers. Yeah, this is why you got to finish the season. Yeah. yeah, such a classic Hal thing to do. Like, well, I I hate that there's a second Rangers fan on here now too to like actually help you out. But like, I just don't understand how you can be the MVP of the league if you can't even be in front of the Hurricanes. In the oh, buddy, you're you're gonna love when we get to the Rookie of the Year. You're gonna love that part. Okay, I don't know why, but go ahead. <laughs> What's next? Like, I don't can, know. Does anyone have anything love... else on that? I just felt. I just as like a Rangers heavy organization, I just felt like I was gonna throw a little shade in there that's of course you do dude all right yeah ted you love his number two man you love zibanejad so much he's good dude he's but mr he, underrated you hey, know zibanejad he's the most uh, underrated player in the league but he doesn't I'll play wait, I'll, wait, yeah. uh, so I'll wait i'll wait i'll wait i'll wait i'll wait with that one all right uh norris hank all right so the norris this one wasn't even close to a competition um third place uh alex petrangelo the st louis blues Second place, Roman Yossi, Nashville Predators. And then the winner by a fucking country mile, John Carlson, Washington Caps. Uh, I say we throw it to our Caps guy first. Oh, 
I mean, honestly, when the season was going, he was he was in talks with the heart for a little bit, uh, like halfway through the season. And then obviously he had a little uh, lay down there. But uh, yeah, he was like 40 or he was like 20 points higher than the next D guy, I think it was. Something crazy. It, yeah, no, it, it was some ridiculous numbers. And I know at a time in the year he was ahead of Ovi uh, for yeah. points on the team too. For um, sure. Yeah, exactly. Like, and he was nuts on the power play too, just everywhere. Yeah, he was well over a point per game for a lot of the season. Like, I mean, and I know this is for the best defenseman, but the way the league's going, like, you got to take, uh, you know, offensive production into consideration. This one, trust me, I know we had Mike Green. He was dog shit, but all he does did was score goals as a D man. Hey, he well, had thirty. Yeah, I was. Even, do you guys agree that the NHL? should split two different trophies for the NHL defenseman, like the best overall defenseman, and then the defenseman with the most points and just call it the Bobby Orr award. Yeah. No, but but how, how do you, how do you judge the one that's not for points though? I mean, there's a million different analytics that I'm sure people will come up with to judge that. Plus minus all that. Like Eric Carlson is not the best defenseman in the NHL. He's like, offensively, he was unbelievable during his prime, but he wasn't the overall best defenseman. When you think of like elite defensemen or whatever, the only one that I think that could actually really defend, well, I love the way Drew Doughty defends. Like he's aggressive as shit. And like every time Doughty's on the ice, if you're going down, he's going to finish his hit on you. Like without a doubt. Like Drew Doughty's, he, he complains a lot, but he's a fucking awesome hockey player. I mean, Marchi or Dano actually. Oh, good call. That's another good one. Solid, solid defenseman. That's that's a Norris Trophy that happened like recently. That was like earned for defensive play. Obviously, he I think he put up like seventy three points if I'm not mistaken that year. But I mean, also solid defensive play. But no, I totally agree. You gotta like. I mean, we have the Selkie Trophy for the best defensive forward. Why not split up the D Man awards? And I also just want to point out very quickly that John Carlson won this award with fifteen goals. And the New York Rangers have a 24-year-old defenseman named Anthony D'Angelo. He wears number 77. He also had 15 goals. I just wanted to point that out. Wait, I got a really fun fact about Anthony D'Angelo that I really want on the podcast. My friend's going to kill me for this. So one of my best friends, shout out Kyla, love you. Um, she matched with him on Hinge. Oh, hell yeah. And then she sent the first message and just he ghosted her, didn't send her anything and just left her on red. Do you, so know, what the, do you know what the message was? Um, I don't know. It's probably she probably just said like like hey with like three Y's or something. I like, mean, if hey, you're a like, professional athlete, like, like, are like, you responding to a hey with yeah. three Y's? How many hey with three Y's do you get in your Instagram DMs on the? Yeah. <laughs> like that's on her. That's not on Tony. Yeah, I love her to death, but yeah, no, it's probably on her. <laughs> Add it to her resume, though. <laughs> um, where the fuck did I put? I got. I'll throw something out there too. I I agree with this award. I think Carlson was. The right answer. Answer. Third place, Petrangelo. Like, what do you guys think on him? Look, thirty year, thirty years old, dude. Like, a lot of people say when the Blues re-sign Scandella, I think they ran out of money. It's gonna be hard to sign them. I'm the Blues. I do everything I can to keep him. But I mean, if you're a team looking at him as a free agent, like you'd be excited if you signed them, right? Like, I'm sure it'd be a ton of money. But he's a good hockey player. I would be skeptical just because he's thirty. And the Rangers have Rangers have always had problems with defensemen that are a little bit older, um, but I think that he falls under that category of being a good defenseman. Like, yeah, he puts up some points, but like he can defend, and he's a leader, captain of the Blues. If I'm right, yeah, yeah, hell of a player. 
He'd be a, a good fill-in for a team that is, like, on the cusp of winning a cup and they need a veteran defense. <clears throat> Toronto Maple Leafs. Yeah, that's a good point. Like, if the Leafs moved around one of the young guys and were able – they would get a haul for one of their young players that has a huge, huge contract. Bring him in, dude, and I think they're an automatically a better team. I don't really care which young player you pluck out. There's so many young, talented ones there. But if they have a defenseman like that, I agree. Like, as someone who plays them four times a year and watches it, like, they need a defenseman. I think if you're shipping off one of them, you got to ship off Nylander. Like, I mean, like I – lo- I love his off-the-ice just, like, swagger that he adds. With yeah, like, he, looks like the, he looks like the dude from Spring Breakers or, or whatever, but um, – He had cornrows like Judy High Roller, dude. Like, yeah, he, exactly. He, and your Fox. Yeah. No, but, I mean, like, Mitch Marner is just like – I mean, he's Mitch Marner. He's invaluable. And Matthews almost got to 50 if the season didn't get put on hold. Like <laughs> When you put it that way, it's hard because I think if I were to trade lives with anybody in the NHL right now, I'd probably be Mitch Marner. Like, that kid's living the fucking dream. Why, dude? Why Mitch Marner? Yeah, Why? Because, because, he's, because he's young. All the chicks in Toronto love Mitch Marner. They do. Everybody in Toronto loves Mitch. He's got a dad who's looking after him, dude. We've talked about his dad quite a bit in contract negotiations. And recently, I just saw that he he plays Warzone on Twitch. So, like, it would literally just be me, but just, like, way better at hockey, way younger, and, like, girls would actually, like – Way better looking. <laughs> I got a Maple Leafs fun fact here. So, uh, it was a Sunday. Uh, I was, like – I did, like, a bottomless brunch and was obviously shit-faced. was at this bar um, in Scottsdale. Literally, the, uh, the Maple Leafs rookie party was going on right across the road. Had no idea until the next day. Yeah. No way. Oh, yeah. Man. Talk about missed opportunity. Literally, I could have thrown a baseball how close they were. Oh, dude. Can you imagine your rookie party being in Arizona? Yeah, dude. Biz was hanging out with them, dude. It was like that in that bar they were at, just nines and tens all day. Disco, do you think you could have faked your way into getting like a residual kill? <laughs> uh, I mean, what, that's what I do in Arizona anyway. <laughs> <laughs> that's in his Twitter bio. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's let we should move on from the Norris. Uh, Vesna, Hal's probably just so happy right now. The Vesna goes to two grass, dude. Two yeah, grass. So, yeah, take it, Hank. Yeah, so this is one I was a little shocked to see how uh, kind of contested it was. Um, but so in third place, we got Andre Vasilevsky, the Tampa Bay Lightning. Second place, Connor Hellebuck. Literally, when I wrote out the note to describe the winner, I wrote out his name so many times. That was the first time I got it right on the first try. There you go. Uh, and then, as we said, winner, Tuka Rask, Boston Bruins. Uh, take it away. Joe Haggerty is probably crying. Dude, I, so I think this is going to surprise you, Ked. Unlike, you know, Rangers fans loving Panarin, I don't think – I think Tuka probably should have finished in second. I think Tuka had an unbelievable season, but I think he also has an unbelievable team in front of him. Um, and I love Tuca. That's not a knock on Tuca. I'm not a Tuca hater. I've beat his drum forever on this podcast. Sounds uh, like that. Sounds like I don't that you're not really supporting your guy. I don't, dude. I just Connor Hellebuck. Connor Hellebuck, who I agree has the most confusing name of all time. 31 wins, 257 goals against average, 922 save percentage. That's a that's a tough division to play in. He's facing guys like McDavid, often Drysital. And if you look back to um, last year, he had Bufflin, he had Truba, he had Myers, and now he has Josh, Josh Morrissey and the boys. Like, it's not the same team in front of him. I think he deserves a lot of love. I, I think Rask is a good pick, but I think it could easily have been Hellebuck's year. It sounds like you don't have a strong feeling of support or allegiance 
towards Tukarask, and and the definition for that's loyalty. So uh, I'm just going to put that one out there. What else did you guys have for this? I love Tukarask for the Vesna. I thought he played great this year. The Bruins were awesome. When he's in net, like, you're never really worried unless Haggerty's coming out with, like, three or four different Tuka sucks, like, blogs or whatever the fuck he does. But uh, if I was a Boston Bruins fan, I would be supporting my guy. That's that's all I have with that. What do you guys have on goalies? I, I definitely thought Hellebuck. I gave the edge to Hellebuck only because Tuka has that uh, – the Halakness monster as his backup. So, it's just like, you know, you have that mindset where you know you can take a day off and you're just on such a good team. Whereas the Winnipeg Jets knew they were going to, you know, probably be fighting for that last spot. The pressure on Hellebuck was uh, was tough, and he rose to the challenge. So I gave the nod to Hellebuck, but very close. I mean, Rask was – I mean, he was unbelievable all season. Is is the Halakness monster a thing, Hal? No, dude, but I love it. That was the first time I heard it, and I was really into it. We also just re-signed him really quick. Yeah. Is there, is there a strong, like, do people like Halak? Because I think if we put that on a T-shirt and put, like, put in, like, black and gold, that – it could it could actually sell. Yeah, I mean he's like Slovakian and he has a mohawk and he doesn't talk much, but like I think he's starting to become kind of a he's a, a journeyman right now. Defense. Like it's hard not to hate when you have a backup goalie who performs well and he like is quiet and doesn't complain. Like what's not to like? You guys have had pretty good luck with that in the last like few years with your backups. Yeah, we had Hadovin. Hadovin was probably the best. There was kind of like a lull where we went through guys like Gustafson who used to play for the Leafs. And a couple other shady goalies. But, yeah, I would agree with that. Halak had a really sick run with the Canadians early on mm-hmm. in his career, too. So, he can just take over if you need him. I mean, Islanders fans loved him. He was great for us. And that's huge for the playoffs because how many times do you see a team start the playoffs with their starting goalie shit the bed and you put in their backup and then they ride them? Like, that's happened, I feel like, a few times over the last couple of years. Am I wrong? Like, didn't Holpe – like, not start – didn't Grubauer start before Holby, or am I wrong there? What do you mean, like, in that playoff run? Yeah. Grubauer, play- yeah, he's – Grubauer started and lost those two games against the Can- the, the Canes. Right. So, like, you, you need you need that secondary goaltending. You look at Corey Crawford, who was in net for the Blackhawks that year when Crawford was in the bed with a liner. I think so. I'd- so, like, I mean, that's definitely a quality thing to add to your team. I mean yeah. – all right. Thanks, Hal. Uh, all right. Next one. Hey, oh, sorry. I don't know. I did. I, yeah, I don't know. You can cut that. Hank, next one, the Calder. All right. The Calder. Uh, this one was the closest for obvious reasons. Uh, so in third, we got Elvis Mers Lincoln's uh, of the Columbus Blue Jackets. Second place comes Kale McCarr of the Colorado Avalanche, leaving the winner to be Quinn Hughes of the Vancouver Canucks. And this one, like I said, this was this one was close. This was like a one point difference. So, uh, Kettle, let you take it. Perfect. Uh, I'm good with Hughes winning. I have a question. Maybe if McCarr doesn't get hurt, maybe McCarr ends up winning. That would be my only thing. The, the problem I had is with this Elvis guy getting third place. Uh, this is just an abomination. If if you look at his statistics this year. In 33 games played, he started 31 games. He went 13 and nine. He had a 235 goals against and a 923 save percentage. Okay, he had five that, shutouts with the that Columbus was Blue Jackets. 13, 13 and nine with five yeah. shutouts with the Columbus Blue Jackets. New York Rangers goalie Igor Shesterkin. This guy only plays in 12 games. He has a 252 goals against. He's 10 and two with a 932 save percentage. 
Way better numbers than Elvis. Almost the same amount of wins in about a third of the games played. So where, where the fuck is this guy shine? Probably in fourth place. But we're talking about top three, and you're, you're arguing the third place rookie of the year. Dude, the kid had five shutouts. Played 31 yeah. games. He went 13-9. and nine. It's like, okay, cool. He had a good year. His team stinks. Yeah, Ked, you're not going to like this, dude. The Blue Jackets are in the playoffs, but I think the Rangers have a better team on paper than the Columbus Blue Jackets. I agree. I mean, we have their best player. <laughs> I'm just saying. I, he's 13-9, and he has worse numbers than a kid who played only 12 games and has about the same. I mean, Samsonov had a better record than him. The Caps backup goalie. Caps backup goalie had a better record than him. Uh, if we're going Thanks, on – if, if we're talking about third place, I mean, I don't know how we haven't brought up um, – Adam Fox? Well, no, you wish. Uh, Dominic Kubelik for the Chicago Blackhawks. Dude, at 30 yeah. goals. That, what a I fine mean, that kid was. Huh? Yeah, right? He, he, came, he came out of nowhere. And also the guy who was – I mean, it's funny to say the front runner for third place, but what you have, when you have McCarr and Hughes. But the guy who was the front runner for third place up until he got hurt, Victor Olofsson for the uh, Buffalo Sabres. Dude, dude he's was, like 27 years old. <laughs> there should be hey, a classic Sabres thing to happen, dude. Hey, no, hey, Olaf- hey, if, if Panarin can win the Calder, then this dude. Listen, Olafson was I, sick I at the beginning of the year. He was sick. He had tons of goals. If you look at the goals that he scored, though, I would I would say probably more than seventy five percent of them are on the power play. I yeah, think he's ripping them from. No, the- he is. No, he for sure is. But that's just like a classic Sabres thing. You have a guy who puts up good numbers in the first half of the year, and then he dusts off like Carter Hutton. I'm well, out. He got, of- well, he got hurt for a while, didn't he? He got like, he had yeah, like a big. Yeah, he went on long term IR for like yeah. almost sixty days, I think. Damn. I but either way, I mean, like, I mean, at this point in the year, I mean, Dominic Kublik had thirty goals in his rookie year for the Blackhawks, who are not exactly a great team. True. So, I mean, if we're arguing about third place, it's tough to not. Continue. Oh no, I didn't think Igor should be in third. I'm just saying that. That's why I was proving why Elvis shouldn't be in third. That's fair. That's what I had. Anybody else? Kev, you Kev, you all right? I'm great, bro. <laughs> just making sure. Just, just taking it all in. <laughs> so Damn, soak it up. It, it's what funny. We did all the arguing about third place. We haven't talked at all about the Hughes versus McCarr other than McCarr missing a couple games. So. I think that's it, though. I think if McCarr doesn't get hurt, he wins this easily. And also, shout out to my brain because I think when we first did the podcast this year and we were doing, like, pre-awards and we were talking about the Calder, I called this. Well, I just – I want to take credit. I did write a blog in the beginning of the year saying that Hughes will win – rookie of the year and it was it was a whole blog about Quinn Hughes because everyone was making a big deal about Jack I think we got to re we got to retweet that yeah retweet that because I, I mean I wrote it and also two years <laughs> not, ago, not a big deal <laughs> while I'm on the podcast I want to say that I'm the only one who called the Columbus Blue Jackets beating the Tampa Bay Lightning did you really yeah as a as a gambler I said this is a no-brainer <laughs> because this happens all the time in hockey and if you looked at the, the roster up and down the lineup, dude, they, they went toe-for-toe toe with that team. They, yeah. they had a good team that year. Toe-for-toe. Underrated. Toe. Um, yeah, they weren't bad. It was just tough to bet against a 62-win Tampa team. Thank God I didn't actually put any money on that one. How, when was the last time that we had a rookie of the year like thing where two defensemen like really stood out? Has to be a while, and like we're not, we're not, we haven't even mentioned Adam Fox really, but Adam Fox, the hell of a defenseman too. Like this year, just seemed to be like the year of like the young D man. The last time I can think of a young D man getting any Calder buzz, I mean, he didn't even get. I don't even think he got in the top three. Just kidding. Yes, he did. Shane Gossesbear in the fifteen sixteen season, I think it was. 
Yeah, uh, Dallin, did Dallin, Dallin get anything? Did Dallin win? Or Dallin? No, that was Pedersen. Pedersen won it that year. Didn't didn't uh, doesn't Vancouver don't get I, I might be wrong on this, but don't they have three Calder winning defensemen? Or, I, or am I wrong with that? Who? Uh, I have to check. This is Vancouver Hughes if he wins. Well, Hughes if he wins. Tyler Myers. Tyler Myers, I think, won it. Yep, he did. Tyler Myers sick when he was a rookie. Aaron Ekblad was the last D guy. And I think oh, that would be it. Hold on, I I, dude, I couldn't even tell you who was on the Vancouver Canucks defense court. I'm going to go look it up right now. I want to say Michael Delzato, but I have no idea where that guy is. Did you hear me? The last D guy that won the Calder? Got traded. If, if Delzato is still on the team, I think he's, you know, healthy scratch half the time. Yeah. Vancouver Canucks. Let's see. They got Ben Hutton. Is that? <laughs> Troy, Troy Stretcher, Tyler Myers, Chris Tanev, Jordy Ben. Alex Edler and Oscar Fantenberg. So probably just Quinn Hughes and Tyler Myers. All right. Yeah, so Quinn, yeah, so Quinn Hughes in his first full year in the league becomes the best defenseman on that team. He's pretty good, man. He, He's solid. And his brother's his brother's gonna be nasty. He's gonna he had he didn't have a great year, but again, you gotta remember they're super young and Hughes isn't the biggest dude out there. You give that kid a full summer of training and shit, like, you can just tell the way he skates. Like, he takes one stride and he's down the ice. It's like, holy shit. We'll dude, see. Dude. One, of my, one of my buddies is a big Devils fan, so if that happens, that kid's going to be – He's nasty, dude. Yeah. He's so good. But apparently Luke, the, the youngest brother, is the best out of all of them. Here's the thing, dude, and just be wary with that because they always said that about the Stahl brothers, and the last Stahl brother, I don't even think he plays. Uh, it was it was the one dude who got called up for one game, and they put yeah. all three of them on the line in the on the Hurricanes, right? But the hype for the youngest one was like, "This stall kid's gonna be sick," and he really, just, yeah, I don't remember any of that hype. Yeah, yeah we fell in with the Penguins, and he was pretty good there. He was like another Kunitz. He just like, or you, no, not George. Rising one tide. Made it. Oh, it's oh. the fourth one then. Jeremy. He didn't yeah. have hype though. He was like a fifth round pick. He had he hype, like, dude. All right, <laughs> dude. Okay. Yeah, what about this uh, Calder-winning defenseman, Brian Berard, 19 years old for the Islanders? Yeah, he was nasty, dude. He was sick. I'm not trying to give free ads or whatever, but Spin Chicklets obviously is a great podcast. If you ever get a chance, listen to the Brian Berard episode. It's fucking unreal. Unreal. Mount St. Charles hockey in Rhode Island is like the craziest shit ever. Like, absolute powerhouse back in the day. If you haven't read about them – I think it's like some of the most interesting shit ever. Dude, the documentary is unbelievable. Yes, yes, there the is documentary a documentary. is one of the best. And I went to college with a buddy who was on the team that lost and broke the streak. <laughs> oh, shit. That's he, so makes, he they give him one little line in the documentary. And I got to like, watch this documentary. Dude, That's brutal. That's like uh, I was watching Mighty Ducks. I forgot that like Gordon Bombay, they put like they put those banners up, and there's the one second-place banner. That's the same thing, but at Mount St. Charles, that's brutal. What was the name of that documentary? I, I, is it like Ice Kings or something like that? Yeah, I think so. I'll have to check that out. I'll watch that. Give me something to do. While they're looking that up, uh, I think the next award's Jack Adams. Yeah, so like I said before we got this whole thing started, this one uh, was all over the board in terms of submissions. 
Um, and so we don't even have a third place or I didn't even really consider doing a third place guy for this one um, because second place was a tie between Rick Tockett and Bruce Cassidy. And then for the winner, John Tortorella. Um, I want to start this one off real quick. So my pick was Rick Tockett. I mean, like you, when you look at the Coyotes roster, it's not great, but he was able to put together a really solid team to, you know, kind of, I mean, they were, when the season was paused, I'm pretty sure they were in a playoff spot, if not like one or two points out and with a lot of momentum. So like they were playing really good hockey. Um, also, I mean, like I threw it in as kind of like a flyers bias, but like when you really think about it, Elaine Vigneault, I mean, he took a flyers team that has not done well, like been very average at best for Lord knows how many years. And him, I mean, yes, he did have Michelle Terrian and Mike Yo to be the assistant coaches. But, like, I mean, you find a team with as much depth as the Flyers this year. Uh, we don't have one big scorer who's like a heart favorite, like the, like the Oilers or, or the Bruins or Capitals. It's, it's all depth. And, I mean, I think a lot of that's attributable to the, to the head coach. So, uh, I at least think uh, AV should be in the discussion. But I understand why he didn't get a lot of votes. Hank, you make a great point. I think one of the things that I said was when they hired him that that was never going to work out, that AV was like a veterans-only coach. I know you guys had some younger guys. And, like, Elaine Vigneault's style of hockey is not the Broad Street Bullies. And I was like, I could not even fathom a Philadelphia Flyers team, like, being run the way he wants it run. And they bought in. And the Flyers, for any team that – I think this sucks the most for Flyers fans because it's been kind of back and forth over the last few years. And this year, I feel like they became like a really, I think they're a Stanley cup contender. I do out of the East. Like I think that's a team you don't really want to play in seven games. They can roll a ton of lines, dude, depending on if, if, and their goalie, you never on the road, he's not great, but who knows? Maybe he catches fire that way. I, I don't know. I thought if I had to play the Flyers in the playoffs, I, I would be a little rattled. Uh, first off, AV is a regular season champion. So I knew the Flyers were going to be relevant during the regular season. You'll probably make it to the Stanley Cup finals and lose a heartbreaker. The guy's not a winner, and I'm just glad he's out of New York. But good luck in Philly. I, I, I was rooting for you. Um, also, I wrote a blog about the, uh, the last three New York Rangers coaches all going up for the Jack Adams, Tortorella, David Quinn, and AV. I just think they're – ironically they're all relevant for the jack adams and i think they've all overachieved where they are and uh you know this one was a toss-up obviously it would have been nice to finish the season up yeah like uh, if the blue jackets oh sorry no go ahead i was gonna say if the blue jackets were able to make the playoffs and i mean they were right in the right in the mix were they in a playoff spot when the season was paused Uh, i don't believe they are in the playoff spot well, I mean, either way, if they did, I mean, then it does, in my mind, kind of become a no-brainer to make it towards, though. Yeah, I was just gassing up AV. But, I mean, when you look at what the Blue Jackets – or what happened to the Blue Jackets over the offseason, they lost all that talent and kind of left with – I mean, I don't want to say a ragtag team, but, I mean, more or less that. And to still have them be relevant, that relevant, and almost make the playoffs, I mean, that's – Columbus is in right now. Yeah, they're they're in, but the Islanders really they're one point back with two games in hand. So I, I counted them out. My bad. Okay, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, like if they were like if the season finished out and they made the playoffs, it's tough to argue against Torts. 
I was going to say, this is a torts positive podcast, so I was just happy he was the winner. <laughs> kind of had, like, the writing on the wall. It's kind of a fixed one. He was, like, the one figure that we've been actually positive about. He was the chosen one, dude. Yeah, so that was good. I The one name that I just wanted to throw out there, and I don't – we talked about this team earlier. I think Travis Green's kind of an interesting one. No, like, yeah. I did not think Vancouver would be good. Like, they're D. You just listed it off. Kind of trash. Um, they have some a lot of talent up front, and I love some of their role players that they have. Um I don't know. I thought that was interesting that Vancouver's in a playoff, like a contender. I think Travis Green should have some hype there. Yeah, for Paul, sure. Paul, Paul Maurice also probably should be in the in, just in the discussion. Uh, you know what he did in, with Winnipeg with that team. I love the way he handles the media. Like he's kind of like a like a dick, but like a funny funny dude. For sure. But that was, I mean, if you look at Winnipeg's defense, like they got rid of Truba thinking Buffalo was going to come back. And then before you know it, there goes your two top four right-handed defensemen out of nowhere. And they were able to rebound. Pionk's had a pretty decent year, and they're trying to figure shit out. Hopefully Dustin Bufflin plays again too because he's a really fun hockey player to watch. Yeah, it's tough. To just, it's really fun to just watch him manhandle people. Yeah. He's the toughest motherfucker out there. Yeah, he would, he would break my body in half. Confident without even breaking a sweat yeah which is the best part he shows up to camp every year like 100 pounds overweight and he's like don't worry about it yeah i'll be fine i'll still score yeah, he's sick you make a lot of teams points. better yeah you can play him you can play him on forward or, de- or defense like any either or yeah. crazy uh next one that was jack adams ted Lindsay. all right next for the ted Lindsay for the best player uh, we got uh, – well, actually, real quick disclaimer for this one. I forgot this one's actually voted on by the players, not the writers. But, I mean, we can still go ahead and go about it. Um, <laughs> third place for a tie, uh, we had Nathan McKinnon and Sidney Crosby. you got to keep Crosby in that conversation. Uh, second place, Connor McDavid, Edmonton Oilers. Winner, Leon Dreisaitl. Um, this one, I could – honestly, I could see it going either way to Dreisaitl or McDavid. Um, let's, uh, let's hear everyone else's thoughts. I'm I'm good with this whole one. I don't have anything bad to say about it. You go either way with the top two. Yeah, I saw McKinnon play at in uh out in Colorado, and he's so ridiculous. Like they use him, I don't know. Twenty. I wouldn't be surprised if he played like twenty five plus minutes a game. He plays as much as they can get him on. He's so fast. He's like Makar, but like a forward and. Yeah, I feel like he would do pretty well in this, like among his peers, just because of his skill level and he's so fast in person. Yeah, such a hockey player too. You know what I mean? Like that might not make sense, but like he's just so tough to defend and just goes like the heavy traffic areas. He can do anything. He can just like hold the puck. Like he skates with possession. Anyone who could do that at that level is just like he's got that. Blows your mind when you actually see it. Yeah, he has that, like, oh, fuck factor that, like, Kovalchuk and, like, Ovechkin have, where, or at least when they were younger, when they'd get the puck in their yep. knee zone, and, like, they have speed coming up the ice, and you're like, oh, fuck, dude. Like, he's going to go around everybody. Like, that, that's McKinnon now. I feel and like it, this one's really dependent on the specific year. I mean, like, everyone knows that, like, if you, in terms of, like, best players in the world, top three are going to be, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, McDavid, McKinnon, Crosby, order them however you will. But – I mean, this year was pretty much Leon Dreisaitl's year. Like, uh, McDavid goes down for a couple games, and he keeps performing at an unreal level. So, yeah, I feel like you got to give this one to Dreisaitl. It was his year. I would agree with that. Um, That was Ted Lindsay. The Rocket. 
all the imposter share. Yeah. So in the event that at the end of the season, uh, two guys are tied in goals, uh, from everything I understand, uh, you share the trophy. I mean, there's no real way to do a, a tiebreaker for most goals in a season. Um, so Ovi and Poss are going to share that. Uh, Art Ross, for the most points, Dreisaitl. Um, uh, those are the two that you can't really argue about. Um, I did have a list for uh, the Selkie and the Lady Bing. Um, uh, no one really gave any input. I'd be happy to talk about it. Um, I'm also cool not. Up to you guys. I do want to Lady Bing's one. for like a good player without penalty minutes, right? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, we're out on that. Yeah. Okay. That's I do fine. want to say one thing, though, about the Rocket. Just Zibanejad led the league in goals per game. I'm just throwing that throwing that out there. You're welcome. Wales, I need you on the podcast <laughs> way more. Dude. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and that's fine and dandy. The Rocket's kind of like – I feel like there's a lot of butthurt people, like, in this chat right now about the Rocket. Like, I'm sure Disco was, like, really hoping that Ovi was going to continue his lure. You guys, like, had, like, the Zibanejad played last – less games and scored five goals. Pasternak was fucking unbelievable, dude. It was pretty much almost his all year. It just kind of like, it sucks. Pretty much an almost, dude. <laughs> That's what I'm saying, though, dude. That's the part that sucks is like, he's right in the sense where you like really can't say who would want because none of us really fucking know. Pasternak's nasty, dude. He's so yeah. fucking good. Yeah, so I don't I don't know, man. That's, I wish we got to see that race. Like, I've never – the Bruins have always, like, except for, like, the perfection line the last, like, three years – like, before the last three or four years, like, the Bruins, all, like, other than Mark Savard, everyone scored, like, 50, 60 points. Do you call them the perfection line? Yeah, that was really weird. That, to me that, that's their nickname, though. <laughs> it is a nickname, like, given by NBC. I usually don't do that. Like, there's the 100 yeah. moniker. I'm just kind of tired. Like, I have All right, Mr. Like, Perfect. I mean, they are the best line in hockey. I'll give you that. Yeah. Oh, no doubt. And the only line that gives them any issues is a guy we talked about before, which is McKinnon and his line, which actually, like, Scares the shit out of me. Yeah, when Ranton and healthy, there that's a scary line. Also, one yeah, of my favorite, one of my favorite stats. It was either last year or the year before the perfection line. Uh, <laughs> they didn't let up a single goal five on five. I think until February. Jesus. Do you remember that, Hal? That was wow. fucking insane. Yeah, wow. that was a crazy stat. And I just want to throw out this is a random stat for Disco. I'm like I'm deep into a franchise mode in NHL right now. I was just bored. I'm in like the 2024 season and I looked it up and Ovechkin had like 907 goals. <laughs> <laughs> so I think he's going to do it. Like if my video game for you, bro. <laughs> no, no, hey, Al, Al, to your point, I've played countless franchise modes where I go like however many years in the future and I go look at OV stats. He breaks it every time. Yeah. That's fucking mad funny. And that's going to be the worst, cross, dude. If there's one – yeah, if there's one thing that I'm we crashed so on this podcast, it was John Bucciagross's blog like six years – four years ago saying that Ovechkin could break the record, and we just talked shit about it for like 45 minutes. I was so angry. I read that. We had like a 20-minute segment about how fucking much of an idiot John Bucciagross was, and <laughs> fuck. He's liked I, a couple of my tweets, so no, no hard feelings on him. Let's, uh, let's, tr let's try to get him on so we can apologize. Ugly wrist curls, dude. I think we have a connect with Butcher Gras somehow, don't we, Dale? Um, yeah, a kid that sold me skates who follows the pod. His friend is his Butcher Gras's son is his friend. Sounds strong. So Nick, for, so Nick, if you're listening, <laughs> yeah. for the for the Caps and Bruins fans, 
Did they have a game scheduled against each other? Because that would have been electric if I could watch a game at like one o'clock and it's game like number 80 and they're playing that against each sick. other and they're tied. Fuck, I don't know. I feel like almost every year the Capitals and Bruins usually do play at the end of the year. Because I remember two years ago they injured Carlo. It's like a it's a classic NBC matinee game, but I don't know the answer to that. Say injured Carlo, like a pack mentality. I love that. <laughs> uh, All right, yeah, so do we- – We'll do Selkie. We like Selkie. I appreciate a defensive forward. Yeah, so the Selkie, uh, I mean, this has perennially been uh, Patrice Bergeron's award. Uh, the dude just uh, a stud. I have it changing, though, um, and that's even putting aside any bias. But either way, third place, we got Ryan O'Reilly, St. Louis Blues. Second place, Patrice Bergeron, Boston Bruins. And the winner, Sean Couturier of the Philadelphia Flyers. The dude – Wins faceoffs, top three, if not top five, faceoff percentage in the league. Outstanding penalty killer, puts up points. I mean, the dude does it all. It, it's, I, I mean, most uh, hockey analysts were saying he's the favorite to win and by a pretty large margin. So he, he plays a significant role in, in Drew's career, too, because Drew used to take draws, play center. And now he doesn't really have to do that. So, like, that opens up a spot in that lineup right <laughs> yeah definitely i mean like so, so, as soon as they realized that sean couturier was kind of evolving into that like top line center kind of guy that's when they started bumping Giroux over to the wing because they were like oh wait we don't need Giroux to do that anymore we can go have him just be like purely offensive on the wing and it worked out pretty well in the first season that's when he got 102 points so 2020 is the year that the selkie winner doesn't come from the perfection line yeah. And I'll just, you hate to see it. I'll just get out in front of this. Last year when Ryan O'Reilly won that, that was like the biggest slap in the face, like over Bergeron. That like I I was actually upset about that. I never thought I'd have feelings towards the Selkie Award, but I did. But Selkie it, Award winner claims that he didn't even like hockey. Selkie Award winner has an issue with Tim Hortons driving. So my my thing though is I think Sean Couturier would be a good pick this year. I think I think he's been due. I think if you look at, like, his defensive numbers compared to Bergeron and O'Reilly the last couple of years, they've always been right there. I just don't think he's a household name. We've talked about it. It was kind of the Flyers' year. I'm okay with Couturier, and I'm happy Bergeron finished in front of O'Reilly. What's cool about all three players on this list is, like, you know that they're really good, but somehow in the back of your mind, you're like, they're all, all three of these guys are underrated. You know what I mean? Isn't that kind of, like, fucking weird, like – they're not like your perennial 60 goal scores or whatever, but like, you know, for sure. Like if they're on your team, your team is so much better. Absolutely. Um, yeah. I was just looking at Panarin again. Cause I kind of like him here. He actually has a 30, he's plus 36 this year on the Rangers. That's pretty I'm a good. Big plus minus guy. I'm a huge plus. That's pretty minus good. Guy. That goes against all what the analytical nerds. They hate plus minus me. Love it. Hey, I've got, a, I've got a career minus. I don't fucking know how much. So I like to keep plus minus out of the discussion. <laughs> I, on purpose, make sure I'm not on the ice on any sort of breakaway. I just <laughs> the bench. Like, this, is, this is you. This is not me. Got on the ice five seconds ago. You see it's a breakaway. Uh, quick shifts. Quick shifts. Uh, but th- those were our awards this year. And then I don't know if we're going to call these awards because, one, we didn't really vote on them. And, two, it's kind of hard to take away like to name one winner, especially in, in one of these categories. So I think we should just highlight all four choices for each one. If you guys are cool with that, if anybody has anything to say, so funniest moment, our four nominees was Leas Anderson falling over a cable on opening night and ending his career, shattering his career with the New York Rangers. 
uh, hopefully. Uh, second is torts no selfie. I don't know if you guys saw this earlier this year. Some lady was behind the bench, like, banging on it, like, trying to get a selfie with torts, and he looked at her, and he's like, yeah, that's a fucking joke, and just turned around. <laughs> Love that. Uh, three, Gritty beats the charges. Gritty was uh, in the police <laughs> water, and he got out of the charges. I never thought that we'd be dealing with a mascot and uh, assault charges, so that was wild. And we could go ahead and give him best mascot, right? Yeah, oh, absolutely. That's not yeah. In all sports. Yes. Yeah. And it'll be like that for a while. Like yeah. the dude, the costume they made up for him, how he can like swing it around and shit. Oh. Unbelievable. Well, so what's funny about Gritty is that they literally just took the Philly fanatic. I mean, I don't know how much you guys know about uh took the fanatic and put him on oh yeah they're related for sure they literally took the philly fanatic made him orange and then put him on some kind of drugs yeah inbred his his inbred cousin exactly (laughs) that was was the third and then our last one was just when the senators partnered with lyft earlier in the year after (laughs) uh, after the uber conflict that they had the year before all four of these were pretty special mine the winner goes to leas anderson this will be the only thing he ever wins in his career uh what do you guys have like what what moment was most special to you you guys want to go around the horn we can just all place a vote yeah all right i'll go i'll go i'm going i'm going the gritty story i I just think like it was funny the funniest part about this to me is when we talked about this on the podcast we had to talk about it walking on eggshells because we didn't know if he actually did it and we didn't want to be making fun of him but the quote from the dad gritty gets up out of his chair makes a lunging motion and punches my son in the lower right side of the back like can you imagine just gritty running at you and just throwing one like throwing not even one. running at you dude like running at your 12 year old kid <laughs> yeah. like this the whole visual of that was unbelievable i don't know that one that one made me laugh the hardest Lias anderson that was more of foreshadowing um and wow. really quick because you brought that up dude what was the Lias anderson thing you told me recently Oh, so, like, the reason why he left is he didn't like the way his life was going because he was staying up too late, like, playing video games or something like that. Something something like a report like that came out. And there was this whole to-do earlier in the year about Elias Anderson and how the Rangers treated him like shit. It sounded like the Rangers just wanted him in bed by midnight. And apparently that was, like, a giant issue. So, uh, good luck, Elias. Well, I'll jump in right there as a Ranger fan who defends Elias. Uh I will say that his friends across the world were up playing video games and he would join them, which would be in the middle of the night. And listen, I'm not defending. He should be better. He's a professional. That's what you got to do. But I'm telling you, he's going to come back as a Ranger and he's going to be solid. Or he's going to bring us a player like Yakupov, who we might, you know, trade for. We'll do a little swap. Two players that are not working out with their teams, take a chance on it. Yakupov, dude. I don't know. Who? Who? Else? What are you gonna do with them? Nothing. He sucks, and he and he's fucking dude. soft. You can't do anything with him. He'll be an NHL Damaged player. Goods. Damaged Mark goods. Words. Mark my words right now, Lisa. I think you guys should put a bet on it. I will put a we'll bet see. on it. This kid's doing nothing. <laughs> nothing. We're not he with might the Ra- score. Maybe he not might with the Rangers, score but forty he'll... goals in an NHL career. That's cool, dude. Dude, as long, as long as as long as he gets a little shut eye. From fucking playing too much Fortnite in the middle of the night. Oh, four friends are up in the middle of the night. Still, he's still top 15 in his draft class. And Making drafts. hundreds of thousands of dollars playing hockey, and the kid can't get to fucking bed because of his PlayStation. <laughs> I'll, I'll make the bet. I'll make the bet. What do you want to bet? You, you come up with the terms. I'll pretty much bet anything. We'll figure out the terms. I'll, talk, I'll have my guys talk to your guys. That sounds good.
All right. Uh, any? Did you guys? Any of you guys also want to talk about any of these really quick before? We no, we're gonna vote. They got to vote. Oh, yeah, my my vote would have been for Gritty too. That's just incredible. That's hilarious. Okay. If I could have saw that live, I would pay a million dollars to see that live. So I like the I like the uh, the lift with the senators just making making the best out of a uh, rough situation there with Uber really turning on them. Yeah, but here's the thing: like, I don't think that they think that they were like making the best. Out. I just think they're just really a really terribly run organization. Well, if you're the senators, screw Uber, right? I guess. I, I probably wouldn't have done anything because I wouldn't want people to keep bringing it up. Yeah, it does draw just more attention to it. You're right. Yeah, I I mean I I think I kind of got to go with gritty here. Uh, yeah. I mean, I mean, when I saw it come out, I was like, oh, Jesus fucking Christ. What I thought it was a PR do? stunt. I thought it was like a WWE thing. Yeah, like at, at first, like you see it and you're like, wait, what? Our mascot has assault charges? What the fuck's going on here? Uh, and then as soon as I saw like what the dad's like explanation was and then like what he wanted as like reparations for it, I'm like, all right, this is a fucking hoax. Like this, no shot this happened. Dude, he wanted like his kid to like meet the team and like sit on the bench during warm-ups and all this kind of like as soon as you saw that you knew it was absolute bullshit but it was still funny to follow yeah i love that part like the the damages the dad was asking for like this is like what goes on in law school they come up with this wacky scenario that would never actually happen in real life but like this actually happened and you had could either be a complete scam or you know he's a mascot like pedophile creep that goes away forever so that was pretty entertaining to see unfold just like where that was going to shoot off to. It's like the hot McDonald's cup meets the NHL. Like, yeah, exactly. I um, love how, I love how the fact that our funniest moment goes to a, to a mascot who beat up a 12 year old. Allegedly. Is that they never even use the guy's real name. They just do. Right? Like they didn't like, that's how you knew. Like I, I thought it was, it was fake, yeah. in the beginning, but I mean, I guess it's real, and I mean, some of the stuff that Gritty does to fans, like especially teams like fans from for the away teams, like I would definitely want to punch the, you know, him in the face. Oh, yeah. I mean, like you know, that's all staged though. Like that's but, like someone who works for the Flyers dressed up in the opposing team's gear. I want. I wish yeah. it went to trial, dude. I and bet you. It would have to wear a mask. It would be funny, like if if he's getting questioned, and he's like, "Yeah, that wasn't me. That was Gritty." <laughs> Oh, well, mascots definitely do that, dude. Or, or no, right? could you, or no, could you imagine like Gritty just like walking in in costume, but like the mascot outfits like decked out, <laughs> in, like in a suit? Yeah, yeah. A suit, yeah. Dude, they have the person who paints the picture of the person on the stand <laughs> and just watches Gritty do that. <laughs> dude, imagine he shaved like they got like a new head where it was just like a clean shaven version. Yeah, oh my god. That yeah, he's got crazy. a little comb over with his freaking orange hair. <laughs> yeah. Dude, he's just mean mugging the twelve year old the whole time. <laughs> Incredible. That was funniest moment. Uh yeah. coolest moment. Here are four things. The emergency backup goalie thing that happened in Toronto. That was pretty cool. Uh Bobby Ryan coming back and scoring a hat trick. Emotional. Uh Lindblom for the Flyers, everything that he's been through and the support that the NHL showed him during that time. And then like this one probably doesn't need to be on here. Cause I don't think it ranks up with the other ones, but when Borietsky tackled the guy that stole the purse. So that would be the, uh, the fourth one. Um, shit, dude. See, this is why I don't want to vote because I feel like the Bobby Ryan Lindholm thing are like, I feel like those could just be co-winners to be honest. Yeah. Like yeah. those things are like the really like crazy, like super spe- like, 
the reason why you watch sports kind of thing. Yeah, but like yeah. Boratsky tackling a thief's like funny. Maybe that could, maybe that could have been like a funny moment. <laughs> yeah, I'll I'll figure it out. Okay, all good. Uh, all good. What what so? What do you guys? Did have you on? guys see the whole uh, like Bobby Ryan's like life story and like yeah assumed identity and stuff with his parents? Crazy. That was wild. That's one of the best things I watched this year about hockey. Yeah, and the Players Tribune article that he came out with, like talking about it, that shit was crazy. Yeah, yeah. I mean. You, I mean, you got to give him just so many props for that kind of like mental strength that he's oh, yeah. showing right now. Uh, it's it's really incredible. Um, he's an important player on the Senators too. Like, absolutely. Like he's he's one of like the faces of their franchise. He signed a huge deal. Yeah. Like, I mean, like, could you imagine like having like you're going through all this personal like trauma and everything, but then like every day you're still expected to go out and perform in front of millions of fans who are ridiculing you. Like if you don't do your job properly and you have to deal with that on top of your personal issues. Like, I mean, that's just something that you don't wish on your worst enemy. It's a lot, dude. It's yeah. A fucking lot. And just that whole thing, like it, the stars just kind of aligned for him. Like that was like a really, really cool thing to watch. I remember waking up the next morning being like, no fucking way. Yeah. Oh, he's been a Bobby Ryan guy, American. Yeah. He's an Olympic team, didn't he? Yeah, for sure. I mean, yeah. I think he did. I'm pretty sure he was on that 2010 team, the Vancouver team. He was on the 2010 team, yeah. Yeah, okay. If anything, Bobby Ryan will always have that one highlight. Do you know that goal I'm talking about? I think he undressed. Against the Nashville player. Predators, yep. Yeah. He'll always have that goal. Sick player, dude. Went through a lot. I thought that game was unbelievable. And I think for, like, Ottawa Senators fans, too, it was kind of a special moment, like, since there's such a dumpster fire. And see a guy that was going through so much on such a shitty team was awesome. Lindblom stuff is really cool, too. Um, we just kind of didn't, like, get to see it come, like, full circle yet, I guess, if that makes sense. They had uh, a good update, though, on him. Yeah, yeah. What, was, what was the update that, that it's almost gone? Is that, that last, what it was? I think he had, had his last treatment, or he had it last week, or it's happening this week, and he's, like, ready to get, like – back into hockey and like yeah that was my question this is this is a uh cancer that people can overcome and still play professional sports correct yeah so if i'm not mistaken and anyone in the mental community can call me out i'm pretty sure so it's a bone cancer uh lewis sarcoma Uh, jason blake had it i'm not it's uh it's a bone cancer so like i think it'll like take a little while but i think like ultimately like long term he should be fine I mean, I mean, while I mean, while we're talking about it, I'm gonna give the nod to Lindblom in this for two yeah. reasons. Obviously, one flyers. Two, my mom's a two-time cancer survivor, so cancer hits home to me. So, uh, I mean, I gotta go Lindblom here. No, yeah. I mean, he's a how old is he? Twenty-three years old, dude. Yeah, twenty-three years old. He had eleven goals in I think like eighteen point or not. Yep, eleven goals, eighteen points, thirty. Eighteen. Yeah, he it was on on pace to have a really good season. Uh, like. Just like kind of like a like his own version of a breakout season. Dude, fifth round pick. Thing. Yeah, exactly. Fifth round pick. Those guys don't score eleven goals in thirty some games. Like that doesn't like happen. That. No, absolutely amazing. My sister you know, also a cancer survivor, and I was going to give the nod to him. Uh, I mean, to go what he's to go through what he's doing right now, and then like his last week of treatment, be like, I just can't wait to get back into like into things is like. To have that mental strength is just unbelievable because people don't realize what it's like to go through a treatment like that. And, uh, you know, it's fucking amazing. Yeah. yeah, and to see the entire hockey community, like, doing the whole Oscar Strong thing, like, that was, that was unreal. 
yeah, both of, both of those moments were definitely crazy, and it's good to see that I don't know that everything's kind of going in the right direction. So, um, the last award that we have before you like wrap all this up, best interview. Uh, we've been doing a ton of interviews over the last like uh, I would say year that we've really picked it up. Um, our nominees: Larry Flowers, Gloria, uh, Justin Goldman from the Goalie Guild. Ken and Jordy from the Ultimate Hockey Fan Cave and Darren McCarty. Uh, all these were, I think, pretty awesome. That to me, they all served like a special place, I guess. But what 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 ones did you guys like? Yeah, okay. for, for, oh, go ahead, go 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 go. Um, yeah, for, for for me, I think uh, just connecting with Jordy and Ken from the Ultimate Hockey Fan Cave was just so much fun. Uh, the first time we talked to Jordy, me and Ken got off the phone and we were like wow like this kid's fucking awesome like we just want to be friends with this guy and um that's kind of how it's unfolded um and ken is just like the uncle i wish i had a kind of dude he's just the man he's got like a a marketing term and pun for everything and um just an unbelievable love for the game from both of them so that was a really fun podcast and then i also um want to give ken a shout out for the darren mccarty interview i just thought that you crushed that with Darren and nice. hearing his story unfold was that was the favorite one I listened to I, would, I guess yeah all right thanks Dale appreciate that what else do you guys got fellas dude McCarty interview gave me chills like the fact that you got to do that was unbelievable that was fucking so cool dude I mean that like, is like dude the Red Wings were my I always said that they were my second favorite team when I was younger because you know just just those like t- just that period in time, like, I just feel like hockey will never be like that again. And it was just unbelievable. So, uh, and every you- hockey fan was either a Red Wing or an Avalanche fan. And I don't think that that's like been done before. Like, you, every person picked a side in that like battle. Absolutely. I mean, it, it was just unbelievable. And like, you did crush it. Like, I would have been fumbling over words just being in awe talking to that guy. What a fucking beauty. He, he, uh, all these interviews with like these people that we have Garrison and I say it all the time. We're all kind of like cut from the same cloth. Uh, we all appreciate the game. We love the game, just everything about it, whether it be video games or actually playing or roller hockey or, you know, watching them getting out of a beer league game at fucking midnight, coming home and seeing how the Rangers did against the hurricanes. Like we do that shit because we fucking love the game of hockey. And it's really easy to talk to people who feel that same way. And everybody that we've talked to, we've been fortunate enough. They're, they're the same thing. So it's pretty fucking cool. Yeah, that's why I love the Goalie Guild interview so much because here's this guy from Texas who has no, like, hockey, like, inheritance, and he just gets into it, starts playing street hockey, and then all of a sudden he's writing about it. Then all of a sudden he's, like, writing on HL.com, and it's, like, it was yeah. so cool to see his story progress, and it's just totally from an era you'd never think of. I love seeing that. Yeah. And that, like you said, like it's not a guy that played in the NHL, but guy fucking loves hockey and did whatever he could to get to be a part and stay a part in that community. So it's my I, uh, I when I texted the group, I know uh, I put uh, Larry Flowers, but I'm actually gonna switch my answer here. I think I think I gotta go Darren McCarty. I mean, my first memory of Darren McCarty is him scoring that unreal goal in Game Four of the '97 Cup Final against the Flyers. Um, so like I grew up like not like hating the dude, but like I knew the name because yeah. he like just put the dagger in the flyer's heart. But like, then you hear more about his story and, and the way that y'all did the interview was like fantastic. So yeah, it's with his story, you got to get the edge. 
he's going to love hearing this, guys. I'll, <laughs> I'll definitely have to send him an email and be like, yeah, the boys piped you up, bro. <laughs> Disco, Hal, anything? Honestly, for me, like all the all like all those interviews that you just mentioned, they're the best ones because they don't sound like an interview. They sound like you're just having just shooting shit with the boys, yeah. a conversation. So that's why those were. I mean, there was others like that, obviously, but the ones that don't f- sound like an interview are the best ones, obviously, that are more conversational. Oh yeah, man. Fuck yeah, and then how 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 I don't think Hal listens to the podcast. McCarty, dude, I would say McCarty just because <laughs> of the name. I. That's what I was going to say from the jump. Like, there are very few um, – like, when we get hockey guys on, to have people like McCarty or when you talk to uh, kind of a weird one, <laughs> Ron Duguay, that made me smile. Bill Clement, right? Yeah, Bill Clement. All, the thing about those names is they're all – I think someone touched on this, like, kind of nostalgic, like, to your childhood and growing up. And, like, McCarty, like, I looked it up, dude. We always talk about the Adirondack Red Wings, 276 penalty minutes in his rookie year in the AHL. Like, just an unbelievable hockey player that they don't make anymore. So yeah. I, go. I think you nailed that. They don't make hockey players like Darren McCarty anymore. They just don't do it. These guys are drinking, like, spark fucking electrolyte juice, and McCarty was just li- living. So Running up his tag at, tab at Dangos. Yeah, right. Uh, but yeah, so that was the award show. Do you guys have anything else? I'm exhausted. <laughs> I'm really hot. It's really hot here. I'm sweating profusely. We want to do a heroes and zeros. I've always been wanting to do one of those. Disco. Should, all the boys should do one. All right. Close Disco. it out. Disco. What's your hero and zero? Well, you know what my hero is going to be. What's your hero? I don't, know, I don't know if you guys have watched it, but I got picked to be on that, uh, Barstool game show, social distancing with KFC and Feidelberg. Yep. And I absolutely dusted. That kid I was with twice. He never played a beer pong game in his life. Shut him out 3-0 twice. So I got some free swag out of that. My zero, my zero's got to be, I could not believe I woke up last week and had to see on Twitter that the CDC had to put out a thing for people to not be injecting themselves with Clorox and Lysol. <laughs> Unbelievable that I had to read that, that people are doing that. You know, it kind of makes sense, though, because people were popping Tide Pods, like, not that long ago. Yeah. Fuck. Darwinism. So you imagine, right? Yeah, it is Darwin. Yeah, I wouldn't say anything. Whoever does it, do it. More power to you. I don't know if this is dark, but can you imagine if like a loved one like shot themselves with like Lysol and they died, and then you had to like write an obituary for that? Like, you, like, you definitely <laughs> wouldn't say that. That's what they did. You would say something else. I would hope. <laughs> or would you just gloss over it? Would we all not act like he just injected himself? <laughs> <laughs> That's a hard thing to gloss over. Guys, like they they sort of died from natural causes. Like, oh my god, nine point nine percent natural causes. Uh, no, disco. Those were both good. My hero hanging out. This I was nervous about having a fucking seven man pod, but like this worked out pretty good. So my hero goes to you guys in Zoom. That we should have been doing the Zoom thing way earlier. Uh, my zero. Probably myself, dude. I'm playing way too many video games. I gotta, I gotta chill out with that. I've been chilling and cotton and. You just got, you just got a gym, dude. You ready to start flexing, bro? That's what I'm saying, man. I had a good productive day. I gotta stay on this. Did you just pick up like a workout bench on the side of the road? What was that? No, dude. My aunt had an old one. She wanted to get rid of it. I was like, I'll take it. So I have a a new in-home gym. I'm gonna be so hot coming (laughs) probably end of summer. Give me a little bit of time. Gotta ease my way into this. There you go. Anybody else with a hero on zero? Uh, yeah, I'll go. Um, yeah. Hero, I'm going to go the 
this is going to be an odd one. Delaware State Government for keeping the golf courses open. Okay. So I can still go hit the links. Uh, I still suck, but we're getting there. Gives you that uh, release of being able to go do something. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, like, I just went and played nine with my dad today. Like, it was great. That's it. Um, zero. Um, I'm going to go shout out those new murder hornets that just got into the nation. <laughs> oh, like, yeah. Dude, I am not okay with that. These that those are a bad mamma jamma, dude. <laughs> that fucking thing, and it's like, ooh. Dude, like, I, I was looking up what these things look like. Their face even looks like they want to kill you. Yeah. So, I'm, I'm out. They look like an enemy in, like, an Avengers movie. It's crazy. That was a good one. I respect that. Anybody else? Okay. I got two zeros. My first zero, uh, and I think it's important to wear them, but fuck face masks, dude. I I can't – they hurt, dude. Like, behind my ears, it itches. Like, there's a lot of issues going on. Like, it's not comfortable. I get hot in grocery stores. Usually, I like to put, like, headphones in, take a time or two. I get that, Ked. That's great. You have that thing. I looked it up. Not necessarily recommended by the CDC, but you look now. You don't get it. You don't get in trouble for it, though, dude. And you yeah, stay out of heavy traffic areas, man. This is like yeah. the fucking perennial perimeter beer hockey league player mask. Can we make morning skate face masks? Uh, yeah, yeah, I've we already talked done. about it. Dale's been in talks with somebody talking about right. Weren't you talking face masks or something? What happened? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We uh... okay. Yeah. For a guy in the printer business, you think you'd have it figured out by now. <laughs> For a guy with a uh, Kanashiwi printer, dude, you'd think you'd be able to, you know. Mamakis, dude. Mamaki, same thing. Really quick, my second zero. A lot of takeout food's been eaten. Styrofoam uh, containers. If you get styrofoam, your food in styrofoam, it's soggy. I don't care what anyone says. I don't know if there's a better alternative. Throw it in a pizza box. Make it like cardboard. <laughs> Just do not give me styrofoam. That's all I ask for. French fries, takeout, trash. Oh. Another hero, really quick. Wings over Saratoga. DJ Zumi got some wings from Wings over Saratoga the other day. I sent a picture of those to you. Crispy as fuck and so much sauce. So shout out delivery? to the guys. That's essential. <laughs> That's rare, dude. Normally when they're delivery, they're soggy. No, he, we, we went and picked them up, and coincidentally, it came in a styrofoam, like, fucking container. But it must have just, like, came out when we got there. Oh, yeah. Hero. Hero, we got some great, uh, some grocery store like pre-made stuff here. All like the the Cajun dishes, like the crawfish etouffee, and I had like a crawfish and corn soup today. Go Tigers! Damn, dude. five bucks, heated up over the stove, delicious. But New Orleans zero. Last night, this couple took two hours to break up in the middle of the street, and I live on the corner, so they started on one side of the house. And then progressed right to the front of the house. And I had to pretend that, you know, nothing's going on and sneak inside the house. But there was some money involved and there's a lot of anger. Damn, dude. I, I actually have another hero. I feel like quarantine breakups is like the way to go. I, I, I haven't been broken up with. I don't plan on breaking up with anybody. But, like, if you're going to break up with somebody, quarantine, dude. Like, you don't as long as you're not living with, together. You don't, yeah, if you're not living together, you don't got to worry about shit. Right. Yeah, I had, a, I had a solidly timed pre-quarantine, grace of God breakup, and couldn't be happier with the timing. Hell yeah, dude! Focus on yourself, dude. That I mean, I mean, I, if we're going to heroes in quarantine relationships, shout out to all the other single dudes who have no one to uh, you know spend you know, to do nighttime activities with in quarantine. Yep. 
So. <laughs> and the pr- and we're the strong. We're strong. We're, we're getting by. We're getting by. I got a hero zero. Uh, I want a hero is Dr. Fauci. Sienna grad, 2011. Shut up, dude. Honorary degree. He spoke at my graduation. Not a big deal. Uh, that, wait, awesome. that guy did not graduate in 2011. He's a fossil. Honorary, yeah, honorary degree. So oh, Derek, like, Jeter, Derek Jeter's got one of those. Yeah, too. I, I did it. So he, he was my master's year. Derek Jeter was my, uh, my undergrad. Respect the two. Two degrees, no big deal. Don't use either of them. But uh, <laughs> and then we got my, my zero goes to the guy. Man, I wish I could have seen his face. Uh, the construction worker that broke the 36-inch inch water pipe in Jersey City a few days ago, and I lost water for a few days. Boil water advisory for the next couple days after that. So when that guy pierced the water pipe, I would have loved to see his face. Jersey City was flooded. It was a fucking nightmare. And uh, yeah, I, why do you gotta boil your water? To kill bacteria. like bacteria and shit. It was brutal. You ever uh, watch Survivor? Nah, not really. <laughs> That's number one. You gotta get that bacteria out of there. Especially, in, especially in Jersey. I've never even like considered boiling my. Also, water. last I just thought this not a zero or a hero. I forgot to ask this question. Will there be separate water bottles on the bench, on the NHL benches? Has to be. Personalized water bottles. Has to be. That's true. Even actually, no, it it doesn't have to be because if they all test negative before they fucking go about it, then I think you're good. And I was thinking about beer league too, like. When Beer League starts back up, everyone on my team's got that green Gatorade bottle with the yellow cap or the orange cap on it, dude. Like, by the end of the game, I don't even think I – yes, that one. I don't even think I have the same one I had at the start of the season. Dude, no, buy, buy electric tape and do a crazy electric tape design on it. That's what I did. I was going to say, in my Beer League team, no, nobody – like, everybody drinks their – Brad brings their own and drinks their own. That was pre-quarantine. I think it just goes by unless you're, you just don't give a shit or not. <laughs> That is true. If you're willing to roll the dice, Dale, are you willing to roll the dice? Yeah, I don't really have any zeros, but I, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw out my hero to to uh to Disco for making himself a, his own hero of the week. So I don't think he's been <laughs> on the pod before. So I really like that. You gotta have a lot of self love during this quarantine, guys. Yeah, it's only. I mean, Ken's probably called himself a hero on this podcast 55 percent of the time. Easy. We've done 140 podcasts. I'm probably 80 of them. <laughs> <laughs> Dale, oh, you yeah, got oh. a Derek, Derek Jeter look going on right now. It's looking good. I'm a Red Sox fan, bud. <laughs> I got a, I got a quick, I got a quick zero. Did you guys see? Did you guys see so that professor? That professor that uh, he had his TA purposely write the wrong uh, uh, equation or problem on Chegg. And then all the the kids that had Chegg wrote down they copied the equation, and so when they wrote that down, the professor knew they cheated, and they he failed all of them that copied it from Chegg. That guy sucks. Dude. Yeah, fuck that, that guy. That guy sucks. What a squid. But Never like, heard that I mean, one. that professor doesn't have friends. No, yeah, he's a loser. You can't have friends and do an act like that. Like you are a fucking asshole. Yeah. Especially during this, too, when everybody doesn't want to be doing work online. That's what I'm saying. All he has to do is get the paper and give him, like, a passing grade. Yeah, what a fucking loser. Yeah, we have fucking Rambo going off the grid, changing up fucking questions and shit. Like, oh, man. 
it's genius if you're a hard O teacher, but if oh, you're a yeah. normal human being, you're a dick. Yeah, it's sad. Oh man, I, if I was in sad, a class and that trap. happened to me, I would be so pissed off. Yeah, I think it was like eighty percent of the class got failed. We were supposed to be coasting. <laughs> like that is the point of quarantine. Quarantine coast. Like that is yeah. it's what you do. You shouldn't be fucking cranking up your studies. You should be taking naps, dude. Why and I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna grad class right now. I'm like doing the same thing. Mm-hmm. Actually, dude, one of the things I learned like very quickly after graduating college is I could have learned exactly the same thing I did in college just by going on YouTube and and probably like maybe a quarter of the time. Oh, for sure, easily. Yeah. But that, that's where we're at. Uh, that was the award show. So before we leave, any last thoughts, guys? Take it away. Let's get the boys on more. This was fun. This was a really good time. I think we hesitated doing this in the past because we used Google Hangouts and Skype. And having more than, like, two people on is, like, really finicky with Wi-Fi. But this was perfect. So we're definitely – Definitely do that for sure. Uh, anybody else? That's it. I thought it was a good, good first podcast. I thought, yeah, I don't know, man. That was good. Fuck. I don't really have anything else. Have a good week. Wash your hands. Stay healthy. Get exercise, boys. And wait, disco. Yeah, this is fun. Let's do it again sometime. Oh, yeah. All right, guys. Well, that was this episode of the Morning Skate. Tune in. Wednesday, we'll have an uh, interview. I think Friday, Ken and Jordy are coming back on, and we'll be on next Sunday. Uh, Talk soon. Later, boys.